done such an amazing job of building the last three years. We have a lot of depth. We feel like we're going to have a great opportunity offensively to, to do what we need to do. And the time is now. We know that. It's Hogan Johns. Come Sunday or Monday, Thursday, wherever time it is, we be prepared. Like my success doesn't really matter as much as the team's success. You can feel the energy, the juice, the swag coming back. It's a fun time to be a Chicago Bear. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Hogan. You are the father, daddy. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. It truly is a beauty and the beast. I might add a handsome beast at that. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in week three preview episode. Bears and Browns, a pretty good one, we think. Off I the, was yeah, off the news, off the other lake. Well, I was gonna say off the other lakefront. Oh, look at Lake you. Erie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was so wrong on my prediction about when Justin Fields would make his first start, and I think everybody's very happy about that. I don't think that counts anymore. Andy, count? Dalton, Andy Dalton got hurt. I know, I mean, but that I, was I tried, always a possibility. He could have yeah, gotten hurt it, on the first play in Los Angeles if Justin Fields was coming in. <laughs> that was that was always the wild card. I think everybody understood that. They, what we all predicted was if Andy Dalton's healthy and playing, when does it happen? Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't still th- like my prediction. Yeah, I don't think you need to feel bad about that. I mean, you definitely were on the later end of things. I was, I was. The 49ers I, game. Yeah, yeah. That's like next season at this point, it feels like. Oh, it does feel like next season. Yeah. Um. No, it's happening now. And I don't know. We got some semantics to talk about, I think, a little bit here. We'll address I A lot of people were asking for an emergency podcast yesterday because Justin Fields was named to start. We told you that on Tuesday. We. T- I mean... I know everybody's laughing at me because I'm trying to compare my own injury to Andy Dalton's, but dude, the guy wasn't going to be able to play. I'm telling you that. I, I just, he can't play. I don't know about the future. I don't know if he's going to be out three months like I was. I just, there's no way he was going to be able to play this week. So I, I look at it this way for talking about semantics before you get in your whole rundown of things. He's been deemed week to week. Yeah. Eddie Goldman was deemed day to day and he's missed two, two games already. Yeah. So this could be an elongated absence for Andy Dalton. Well, it could be. However, I did think it was notable that, that Matt Nagy said he doesn't think he has to go on IR because it, uh, the one thing I like about this new IR thing with it being three weeks is it gives you a, a better idea how quickly guys could return. And if you don't go on IR, well, it, it like Eddie Goldman didn't. You think Eddie Goldman's going to play this week unless he suffered the setback last week, which I think we kind of maybe think he did because if he doesn't play this week, then he missed three games and they should have put him on IR because they're just wasting a roster spot then. Um, so it gives you just an idea that maybe it's not necessarily next week, but it could be the week after that that they think Andy Dalton's going to be ready. But let's let the week play out, because remember, they didn't put Larry Borum on IR until Saturday last week. So things could change. You know, I think sometimes we're all, and this has to do with what Matt Nagy said yesterday, I think we are sometimes guilty of wanting these coaches to answer things right away when things do actually change on a day-to-day basis. Like, I know people laugh at day-to-day, week-to-week, and I get it. But, like, actually, sometimes you do need to wait until the next day to see how Andy Dalton's feeling or the day after that. Like, you do not know what these guys are going to be able to do. Or they come back for a practice last week like Eddie Goldman did. Apparently, it didn't go great because he didn't practice the rest of the week. That's what we're monitoring today at House Hall because Eddie Goldman practiced yesterday. He's going to be able to do two days in a row. That's a big indicator on whether or not he's going to be able to play this week. So I, I get it to a certain ex- certain standpoint. I, I I think the best example that I could provide on that is when Jay Cutler literally tore some of his groin off the bone, right? And he gets that art machine on his, 
his area. On his area. And he's zapping himself like all week. And then all of a sudden he's miraculously playing the next game. Like, remember that? Like, yes, like, I do. Whoa! Like, I don't. I don't think Jay Cutler should have played. Probably should have taken maybe a week or two to to heal the area. But yeah, good example. I it's think. funny you bring that up because that's like the one thing that was going through my head. And maybe if there's the slimmest chance that Andy Dalton could somehow get back, but the, the, but then I keep reminding myself this is a bone injury. It's not a muscle thing. Like, yes, I don't think Soft there's tissue. some. There's magic machine that's coming in and fixing up his area, the, the, the way you put it. <laughs> the old, I mean, the there old, are machines that can do that, but now we're talking about a totally different yeah, deal. That's a, that's a different podcast, Adam, for a different day. Um, yeah, the old magical art machine. Remember that storyline? Yes. Like, what the heck is the art machine? Yep, I do. <laughs> Brandon now, Marshall's talking about it. Oh, that, Talking about a different era of Bears football. That was a different era of Bears football. It's a fun era. I mean, not for wins and losses, but it was fun for, to cover the team. For coverage. Yeah. All right. So, you know, on this topic, it, Justin Fields named the starter. Um, by the way, hello. Welcome in. Adam Hogue, go. Adam Johns. We're so excited about this. Almost didn't say who we are. If you don't know at this point, sorry. Maybe you're you. new. Welcome in. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Our producer is Kent Garrison. He's awesome. He's really good at his job, does a good job with his podcast, and he puts all this stuff up on YouTube for you to watch, so make sure you check out the YouTube channel. Uh, find us, subscribe at uh, the Hogan Johns channel. Just search for it. You'll find it. Hit subscribe. We appreciate you, and we have t-shirts and stuff up. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see one of those t-shirts because Johns, he's wearing it right now Cause, because as a podcast, we've collab- we have been collaborating since 2015. Just Long time. Pace has. Yes. Yeah. First year Ryan Pace, I believe. First year oh. John Fox. Uh, John Fox, yes, he was. Uh, he was here. Um, all right, <laughs> yeah, he was. He was present. You tried hitting the soundboard there. I it's did. Okay. We lost connection here. Something I don't know what's going on. We'll fix it. You know, it it is classic when the John Fox drops don't fire because a lot of things didn't fire in the John Fox era. <laughs> he got fired. <laughs> And then he got fired. That's it. That happened. All right. So Justin Fields, officially the starter. It was an interesting day at House Hall because, you know, one, I was uh, running late. So that was great. I walked right in the middle of the press conference. Matt Nagy names him the starter. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to talk yesterday. And he good for him. I mean, good for the Bears in general. For It was the right thing to do. There was really no reason to let this thing. They were going to put Justin Fields up there or Andy Dalton up there and have them answer awkward questions. It was also coordinator day. So like Bill Laser would have had to answer these questions. Like, and we know so, how awkward that was. Yeah. A couple it weeks ago. I, yeah. Yeah. So the, Matt Nagy did the right thing. He, he just clear, clears everything up, says, Hey, I'm here. He apologizes to Brad Biggs and, and Hey, we're off and running in week three. Um, and then there's the questions about what about Andy Dalton when he comes back healthy? And he says, well, Andy's still the starter when he's healthy, which he said the other day, too. What's your reaction to that? And then I'll give well, If Okay. I, I think what's lost in all that is that Andy Dalton can still lose his job because of injury, right? Like, if, if Justin Fields is playing well, there is no way in hell that Matt Nagy is taking him out of the starting lineup. Right. What Matt Nagy is giving himself is an excuse, a ready-made excuse, if Justin Fields is struggling. And I'm not just talking about, like, you know, a few mistakes here or there. I'm talking about, like, he's just awful. I don't see that coming, but if he's just awful, 
you know, and he is looking overwhelmed every single play. Then he can go back to Andy Dalton, but I don't see that coming. Um, if you just take him at his word, um, I could see why you could be outraged, but think about it. Come on. If Justin Fields is playing well, even decently well, there is no chance in hell that he is coming out of the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, if and if that does happen, where Justin Fields is playing well, Andy Dalton gets healthy, and they start Andy Dalton... All bets are off. Then yeah. you know. Then then yeah. then everybody deserves to to criticize as as much as Fire they fire away. Yeah, go for it. Okay, but we're not quite there yet. And this is this goes back to what I was just saying. I mean, these coaches really do operate on a day to day, hour by hour basis, and there's really no advantage to just outright saying, "No, Justin's our guy going forward, no matter what." At this point, for a reason you just brought up, like, what if he struggles? And if he struggles, then you can always go along with what you said was the plan, right? You were going to go take this thing slowly and not force him out there. Now, if you're really going that direction, you'd be starting Nick Foles this week. So, you know, it's not quite completely true. But, yes, there's this idea that you're going to bring him along slowly. And so this is a little bit off the plan and it's forced because Andy's hurt. So if Justin goes out there and struggles, now you can say, we're sticking to our plan. Andy's coming back. Justin's going to continue to develop behind the scenes. Blah, blah, blah. More of that blah, blah, blah stuff. And Kevin Fishbane. It just keeps coming back. And then the other thing, too, is, and this is just fair to Andy. Like, Andy Dalton has not done anything to lose his job yet. He's been pretty good, other than that end zone interception, I'd say. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a great week one. Still don't small want to overrate what he did, but okay, yes. He's yeah, not small been sample size against the uh, Bengals, but he was playing pretty well. I don't think he's done enough to be benched. A lot of teams would take Andy Dalton right now. Maybe they should trade him, which I brought up before. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, another podcast, potentially for later in the year, Adam. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, look, what is the... I know a lot of people are, like, focused on this, but what... Really, what is the... Look at it from the Bears' perspective, Matt Nagy's perspective. What would be the point, other than making the fans happy, which they're already getting Justin Fields yeah. this week. What would be the point of just saying, nope, Justin's our guy going forward? Because then if he struggles and you go back to Andy, then that looks like a benching. I also like the idea of having to to force Fields into earning it. Not just handing it to him, but like, hey, play well, you can keep it. Like that's the mentality Fields seems to have. Agree. You know, if, if you don't want to leave the field, play like it. I like that idea. I agree. Taxi. So um, there's the soundboard. Yeah. Wait. Oh, John showed up there. Good. About time, John. It took a while there. So anyway, there's there you go. Um, the other news I think yesterday. Well, we Eddie Goldman practiced limited. Mario Edward Edwards. He's back. Returned. He's back. So, um, and I thought it was interesting what Cole Komet said, which is kind of an obvious thing, but it's just interesting when you hear a player say it. He's like, you know, with Justin Fields, there's the play, and then there's the play after the play. I've been saying this for weeks. Oh, so you're saying Cole listens to the podcast. He does. From you. Yes, yes, yes. Local kid. Of course he does. He's been on the pod. Yes. So. Before well, he was actually a bear, by the way. That's true. Thank you, Kent Garrison, for hooking that interview up. <laughs> that was good. That was right before the draft. I think it was a couple days before the draft, if I remember right, or a week or so. 
But um, all right. Well, so there's the news you need to know off the top as we jump into our preview. Now we got to get to know a little bit about the Cleveland Browns and where they're at. They've had some injuries and, um, the, you know, dealing with some stuff over there in Cleveland. So as we do every week, we get the inside scoop on the opponent. And this week it is Zach Jackson from The Athletic who covers the Browns. All right, let's bring in Zach Jackson. He's on Twitter at Akron Jackson. He covers the Browns and the NFL for The Athletic and the host of the A to Z podcast. What's up, Zach? Thanks for taking the time as we break down this Bears-Browns game. Yeah, no, glad to be here. Uh, I was actually just telling someone this morning, you know, a lot of Browns-Bears games are rather forgettable, but this one's pretty sexy. You know, the Browns are good. Uh, Justin Fields is making his debut. Both teams kind of need it, you know, to, to get going. Um, so it, it should be fun on Sunday. I know Cleveland is going to be wild. People have been waiting on this team. And, you know, I, I think the Bears come in thinking that, that they at least have a chance. So it, it should be fun. Does the Justin Fields getting his first start storyline change anything for the Browns in Cleveland in this? I, I know he played at Ohio State uh, and stuff like that. But I'm just curious from Cleveland's perspective, what does the field start kind of mean? Yeah, you know, I think it it gives a little bit of worry because mobile quarterbacks have hurt the Browns early on. And the Browns haven't blitzed a ton. That's their nature. They expect Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, who they pay a bunch of money to, to produce. And they really haven't. So I think there will be some some games played with, you know, given the given the rookie different looks and trying to bring him some pressure, but also expecting those guys to get back there. Fields is fast, but He's not a whole lot faster than Miles Garrett. So, um, you know, the, the Browns need Garrett to make big plays. He has in the past, but he's off to a slow start. And, and so is the defense uh, as a whole. Yeah. What's been going on with the defense? I mean, it, it seems like I've heard a lot of complaints this week about how the Browns have started this season on that side of the ball. Yeah, well, they were awful last year. And that's why there's like nine to 12 new guys in new roles. Um but it just hasn't clicked. Now, part of it is you play Patrick Mahomes the first game, right? So I actually don't think the Browns were terrible. I think they, they gave up some big plays in the second half, and you're going to do that. Last week, they got shredded by Tyrod Taylor in a quick passing game in the first half. And then they were fortunate that Tyrod got hurt. Um, the Browns had a rare time where they played man-to-man defense. Tyrod escaped the rush and got out and was on his own, but he apparently – tweaked his hammy while he was escaping traffic and then they had to go to Davis Mills who just really wasn't prepared you know once the Browns got up on him they couldn't do it so you know the, the pieces are upgraded there's Clowney there's Tack McKinley there's Anthony Walker but he's on IR they paid John Johnson a bunch of money to take the worst safety group in the league and stabilize it and he didn't have a very good game last week so you know I think most of it guys you can say the Browns were always going to need time and maybe the Bears are catching them at a good time in that regard but there's some major issues that they have to produce. And nobody wants them to, you know, to be the lockdown defense and win 13, 10 games. The Browns aren't built that way, but they have to cause turnovers um, or else they're going to be on the field too much. And, and, you know, these lofty expectations are not going to be reached. Baker Mayfield has thrown less than 50 passes this year. I know it's only 49, but I, I don't know why that number stands out to me. Maybe it's because it's such a pass happy league, but he's, Completed over 80% of them. What are you seeing out of Baker Mayfield and what is a very important, you know, season, you know, for him in terms of getting a contract or not? 
totally different guy over the last 10 months, you know, just finally settled in. The coach started to trust him. He started the coach, um, all the, all the coaching changes and system changes to a guy you draft number one overall, that was just malpractice. Right. So, um, you know, what's different this year is he was lights out against the chiefs for three quarters and then they faltered at the end. And then last week he hurt his non-throwing shoulder, making a tackle after an interception that really may or may not have even been his fault, but they went super conservative. They, they just weren't going to let him get hit. Everything was, was quick and close anyway. Now that's part of what they, they do. Um, they keep you guessing. They incorporate the tight ends. His best throws are often bootleg type stuff. So, you know, I think Baker's in a good spot. Odell Beckham's probably going to come back. They have this speedy rookie, Anthony Schwartz. They feel like they can test the defense at all levels, but what they want to do is run. They want to bootleg and play action off of that run. And they want to keep you guessing. Kevin Stefanski is an excellent play caller. They have a really good offensive line. Um, when it comes to the contract, here's the tricky part. They love Baker. They love his leadership. They think he's the right fit. They're not asking him to be a world beater, right? They've surrounded him with great parts, and they're asking him to be efficient like he's been, to make the simple throws and keep the chains moving. So do you pay that guy all that money? You know, I, I understand the hesitation, but I also think that he's, he's trending upwards uh, pretty strongly. So, Zach, let me ask you this question. What if the Bears are able to stop the Browns running game on Sunday? Like, what, what would that look like if Baker really has to put it all on his arm? Because I'll, I'll tell you what, the Bears' defensive line was just outstanding against the Bengals, and they could get Eddie Goldman back this week. They're going to get Mario Edwards Jr. back. I mean, it looks like a really good front for this matchup uh, because I'm sure any team playing the Browns probably wants to stop the running game. It is, and it's not just stopping the run. It's it's stopping the bootleg and stuff off. To beat Baker Mayfield, you get him in third and must pass, and you keep him in the pocket, right? So I agree that the Bears have the defensive line to do that. Um, stopping both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is, is easier said than done, but but you have to get push. Um, you, you have to cover the tight ends and, and the quick passes to get them to third down and, and you have to just make it so they can only do one thing. I mean, Stefanski is so good at, at taking what's there or, you know, getting everybody going to the right and coming back to the left. And the short passes are really just an extension of the run game. So yeah, the Browns want to run first and second. Um, there's, there's no doubt, but, but Baker's emergence, his confidence has made stopping them, them very difficult. So, I, I completely agree that that's the scenario where the Bears really give them fits and, and try to win a 20 to 17 type game. You know, can they do it the way that they use Kareem Hunt as a screen guy and as a pass catcher and the way that they can incorporate, you know, the tight ends? I, I, I don't know that they can do it, but that's certainly the key matchup, right? Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, those guys um, really getting push and keeping Mayfield from getting outside the pocket. I wanted your thoughts on the, the Bears secondary versus the, the Browns receivers. I know Jarvis Landry is out this week, right? Um, so where do you think it, it favors? I, I know you got, I know the Browns have a bunch of different tight ends and stuff, which may be a different matchup for the safeties and linebackers. But, you, you know, the Bears secondary is coming off a very good game after a really bad game in the opener against the Rams. I'm curious to see, to hear your thoughts on how it plays out on the back end there. It's hard to say because Jarvis meant so much, right? Um, he was primarily the slot guy, but he could play everywhere. He blocks. Uh, he runs the trick plays. 
And he really was Baker's security blanket. You know, when the Browns get in trouble, they hand to Nick Chubb. When the Browns get in trouble and it's not a rundown, they throw to Jarvis. So, uh, you know, without him, they still have talent. And, you know, Dell Beckham, by all indications, is going to make his debut. So where is he? Um, you know, health-wise, all his cuts, all of that, we really don't know. Rashard Higgins can play the slot. He's an underneath guy who catches a lot of passes that move the chains. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a promising young guy who's kind of off to a tough start but has a ton of talent and is a big receiver with a lot of range. So, you know, I think one thing the Browns have started to incorporate more of, and this is the play that Jarvis got hurt on, is the quick screen or just the one step and get it out because they know teams are taking away the bootleg, right? So I think the Bears have to come up and really get on those guys for those quick screens and for Higgins, who does his best work at six to eight yards. And I think what, what you do is, is you take your chances. If Anthony Schwartz, the rookie, or Odell beats you deep, then you make Baker throw it and, and you live with it. I think what the Bears have to do is, is just come up and, and take away you know, the eight to 12 yard passes from the Browns. And if they do that, then they, you know, with their defensive line, I think they have a chance to win the game. All right, Zach, we ask our guests this every single week, who you got? You know, I'm taking the Browns. Um, you know, I think they're going to be a much more aggressive offense. I think they're going to go for some home run shots early and they're going to try to get the lead to put even more pressure on a rookie quarterback, you know, making his first start. So the environment's going to be electric. And, and the Browns are, are still pretty new in their program, but this is a talented team. They really gained a lot of confidence, found a rhythm with what they want to do in the back half of last year. And you, nobody just picks up where you left off. This league's too good and too competitive, but, but they're capable. Um, if they need to score in the 30s, they can do it. And I think they're going to they're gonna turn fields over a time or two. So I look for a really good game, and, and I give the Bears a shot. But, but I'm picking the Browns by a touchdown uh, with a pretty high level of confidence. Well, I agree that this is, I think, one of the more underrated games of the week and probably isn't getting the uh, the type of respect that it should around the league because I, 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 th- I think that there's a lot of different angles to this thing that's pretty good. So uh, we appreciate the time, Zach. He's Zach Jackson at Akron Jackson on Twitter. You should be following him this weekend for the Browns perspective. He covers the Browns for the athletic and host of the A to Z podcast. Thanks, Zach. See you guys for the rematch in the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) We can only dream. (laughs) No. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so there's the perspective from Cleveland. It's interesting hearing like just Cleveland so optimistic about a Browns team. It is odd. <laughs> you know, but, like, but they earned that right to be optimistic by the way they played last year. Playoff no, team. Yeah, you know, I'd give them a it'd feel a little bit more real though if they had actually beat the Chiefs in week one and looked a little bit better against the Bills in week two. But you know, I'm sorry, the um the Texans. Yep. Not a good team. Not a good team. So, you know, they had a little bit of a letdown. The Texans, I believe, were winning that game 14-7, to and then Tyrod Taylor got hurt. 
Yeah. And that, so you wonder what would have happened if Tyrod Taylor had stayed healthy. But um, anyway, we'll get in a little bit more on the Browns uh, when we get to our prediction and actually uh, make our picks for this game. But uh, it's time for our three big questions that we do every week. Johnsy. All right. Number one. Johns, go ahead. Thank you, Adam Whitman. Number one, how different will Justin Fields play with a full week of work with the first team offense? Finally, a full week of work. Finally work with the starters. How different will he look? Yeah, I think he'll look better. How much better, I think, is the big question. Um, but, you know, he got thrown in there. He's going into the game thinking he's got a package of plays, right? And he's really focused on that. I think that's sort of the downside of one of the downsides of the package. If you don't have the package, then you're going in. And, and I know it's. <laughs> Go on. I know it's. Stop it. I know that you're. Now you made me lose my train of thought. I just hit the dialogue and sound bite and we could go on. What a jerk. Um, if you don't have the package of plays that you're preparing for, your only choice is to prepare as you are the starter because that's what every backup does, right? Every week, that's what they always say. I'm preparing as I'm the starter. I got to go in. I got to know everything. Now, I'm sure Justin still did all of that. But he's also honed in on, hey, these are the five or six, seven, eight plays that I know I need to know because that's what's going to get called when I go on the field. Now, all of a sudden, it's I got to go out there and do everything. And it's his first time ever doing it at the NFL level. Like literally his first third down because he didn't have one last week. Those I don't feel like they were part of the package. Third down plays. They weren't used in week one. So now he's out there on third down. It's third and four. And oh, by the way, he actually makes a nice play, nice read, throws it to Darnell Mooney, 11-yard gain. Now we're rolling. You know, so, and but then there were some plays that weren't great on third down, like the interception. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll be, you know, I think he'll be better. But I think there's still going to be rookie moments. You know, there were times in that game where he's, drifting backwards instead of stepping up in the pocket. I saw that on film. There's just little things, but it's like, to me, it's a, it was a lot of stuff that's correctable. Yeah. Veteran quarterbacks do that stuff, by the way. Sure. I mean, Jay Cutler always did it. Yes. He loved throwing off his back foot. Um, To me, there's like two throws that stand out from the Bengals game that I, I do wonder if a full week of repping with the ones makes a difference. One is obviously the deep ball to Allen Robinson. Like, I almost wonder if Allen Robinson was like, holy moly, that ball is right here. And there's like, he's seen it from from Justin Fields, but he, I, I don't recall one highlight in training camp where I saw Allen Robinson catch a deep ball from Justin Fields. I, I can't recall one. I don't think I wrote down one of my notes. Now, there was oh. other receivers who are now on the practice squad who caught those passes, but that was the first deep ball attempt I think I've seen from Justin Fields to Allen Robinson. So... Maybe there's something there. The other one is the deep crossing route to Darnell Mooney, which was just missed, like off the fingertips of Darnell Mooney. Step behind the throw. Mooney admitted that after the game. I wonder if that timing is better on such plays come this week against the Browns. Yeah, it also wasn't completely accurate. You know, I think it should have been caught, but I think the quarterback has to take some responsibility on that play too. Um, there was the third and goal play where he tried to go. Is that the one you're talking about? You're talking about the other, the deep. I'm talking deep about out. the deep one. You're talking about the back yeah. shoulder one to, to Allen Robinson too? 
No, I'm talking about the one in the end zone to Mooney. Mooney, okay. Well, all yeah. that stuff. It's, it's there were all t- those I don't know if you guys... I finally got to see the end zone copy on that. There, was, there were two open guys. Yeah. There, Jimmy Graham was coming across the middle, and then Marquise Goodwin was open, too. So, you know, the more... But I also broke down in my uh, in my film review this week, which you can find at NBCSportsChicago.com, three plays that I think suggest... There's a difference between, and I keep saying this this week, there's a difference between being inexperienced and going through some growing pains and looking completely overwhelmed. And there was a few examples that I highlighted all three in my film review of plays where he really did things right and read the field well. And that should be encouraging for a guy that got thrown out there in his first start. So full week of practice, it can only help. It's definitely not going to hurt him. And I doubt he'll come... Like, if you're going to give me an over-under on his passer rating of 27.7, which is what it was last week, like, I'm going to take the over every yeah. single time. Like, this, there's a decent chance that's his worst ever passer rating the rest of his career. Safe bet. At least you'd hope so. Yes. Number two. Let's set the over-under on takeaways by the Bears' defense in week three against the Browns. What do you got? Okay. I got right now one and a half. I think that's what I was going to say. What they did last week is, well, I see. I think they could get to to Baker Mayfield. Like just listening to to Zach Jackson, like that defensive line should be able to eliminate some of the runs that the Browns want to run, and put some more pressure on Baker Mayfield, where you may get some more Aaron passes. Like the guy has completed eighty one point nine percent of his throws this year. It's outstanding. But I think the Bears' pass rush which I've criticized, at least the defensive line, has a chance to, to fluster Mayfield in this a bit. So I think there could be some turnover possibilities on this one. How much? I don't know. But it could. It, it should be less than the Bengals game. I, I will settle on two takeaways because Baker will throw the ball to you. He will. And he'll especially throw the ball to you when you take the run away which I think is something the Bears are going to be able to do this week, which we'll get into a little bit here in this prediction too. So um, and we talked about that with Zach. So I, I think that there are a couple takeaways for the Bears defense. I think setting at one and a half is right, but I'm going to take the over. All right. Number three, this kind of leads into our predictions for the game. Are the Browns really that much better than the Bears? Really? I mentioned this because they are seven-point favorites. They're at home but they're seven-point favorites against the Bears. Yeah, I don't think they're seven points better than the Bears. I do, I do think that they are. I do think they are better. I think... Um, now, we have to wait and see but, with but, Stefanski. But that, but that much better, are they? Um, this was a team like we just were talking about that was trailing against the... aren't we the worst team in, in the NFL in the Texans. At least we all think. They've been surprisingly better than we all thought, but... Still no good. Well, I here's what I think. I think that, and I'm going to throw in a caveat too. I, I do think that they are better coached on offense right now. Like I think what Kevin Stefanski's done there, there's more. There's a there, they have an identity. They have an offensive identity. Now I think Justin Fields is going to end up becoming the Bears' offensive identity here relatively soon. It's starting to be David Montgomery. They're getting there, but that's already established in Cleveland. You know so. Now, Matt Nagy looked like an offensive genius after one year, too, but it's a little, I don't know. What the Browns did last year was a little bit more real to me. 
And uh, Stefanski, I think, deserves the credit he's getting. So, yes, I do think the Bears are... I do think the Browns are a better football team than the Bears. But that much better? I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> by the spread. I'm surprised okay. by the spread. Okay. All right, so let's get to this game. Mm-hmm. Bold predictions and picks. You want to go first? Um, Sure. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> well... Uh yeah no I'll go I'll go I'm gonna I'm gonna should we do bold predictions first okay all right bold predictions I think Justin Fields accounts for three touchdowns oh it's similar to the prediction I was gonna make <laughs> I do I, I it's actually it, identical it, to the prediction I was gonna make well I look at how he he really should have had two already. He threw for one that Allen Robinson dropped. And if Jimmy Graham makes that block, he's walking into the end zone. Which I was a little on the fence about using the term walking into the end zone. And then I saw the end zone copy. He's walking into the end zone if Jimmy Graham makes his block. And I'm I'm not so sure Cole Komet didn't screw up a little bit too. It seemed like he got a little too wide on his block. Wider than he needed to. Otherwise, you know, maybe Justin could have made a guy miss. I don't know. But Jimmy's got to make the block. So... As bad as it was Sunday, he should have had two. I don't think this Browns defense is like lights out. It's not. They have some, they have some dangerous weapons. They have guys you got to worry about. But I go back to what I've been saying this week. I don't think the Bears offensive line has been terrible. I think they can manage this. And Justin's legs give him a chance. Two. So... Yeah, I think I think Justin accounts for three touchdowns in this game. Okay, okay, um, that was actually my bold prediction as well. Ha ha! Uh, synergy right there. I was gonna say maybe two, but to be bold, you got to go three. I, I I just think that the Bears can surprise them a bit. I don't want to sound like uh, I'm getting carried away by the Justin Fields first start here, but I'm not sold on this Browns defense. Zach Jans- Zach Jackson didn't make me convinced that the Browns defense is any good. You know, Jadavian Clowney's always been like this outstanding, you know, defensive player, but he doesn't sack the quarterback much. He just mm-hmm. doesn't. This, the, just go look at the stats. Google him. He doesn't sack the quarterback that much. He, he may pressure him, but he doesn't. I, I think what Zach said about running running quarterbacks, or at least running quarterbacks that have the potential to change the game with their runs, how that could affect the Browns' defense and really threaten them, uh, I think that's going to be a factor with Justin Fields. I think you're going to see him scramble for a few first downs, keep the the chains moving, keep the possessions a bit longer. And I think the Bears can surprise the Browns and pull off a little upset here in case you didn't know where I was leaning on this one. So I got the Bears 24-20 to in this one. I think the Bears defense continues to play well. I like the matchup of the Bears defensive line against that running game by the Browns. So give me the Bears and the upset on this in this one on the road, 24-20 visitors. Crap. I was going to pick the Bears. Now I don't want to. <laughs> I talked you out of it. Well, I just think you're going to be wrong because you're always wrong. So now I'm going to be I'm wrong. I'm actually 2-0 and this year, my friend. You actually had the exact score last week. So maybe I'll ride, ride and die with you here. Um, look, in a lot of what we've already talked about, like, yeah, the Browns are good. Are they, are they, like, are they one of the best teams in the league? I don't know about that. How about that? 
I I think that this matchup is actually very similar to some of the matchups that we've seen between the Bears and the Vikings. And a lot of that's because of style, right? Stefanski came from Minnesota. He's running that scheme. He's got a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who's kind of like Kirk Cousins. Like, he can be very, very dangerous. He can have great games, and then he can have games where he just sucks. And a lot of it's dependent on the running game. And it's a run-first system, just like it was in Minnesota. And do you know Matt Nagy's record against the Vikings? It's good. It's 5-1. and one. It's good. It's 5-1, and one, and they haven't all been bad teams. I mean, and Zimmer's had better. Mike Zimmer has had better defenses than I think the Bears are going to see this week. Yeah, and I think the defense is similar. Like, there's there's some good players out there, but it's not lights out. You know, it's 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 a manageable, it's a manageable defense for the Bears to face. And the one loss that Nagy had to Minnesota was last year on Monday Night Football at home when the Bears' offensive line in situation with Nick Foles was at its absolute worst, and they couldn't go on anymore, and they made the changes, and it was nineteen to thirteen. Like it, it, that game was in reach, although it helped that Cordell Patterson returned a, a kickoff for a touchdown. I just think that that's the matchup, okay? And it's a matchup the Bears have won in Minnesota, so the whole like being on the road in Cleveland doesn't worry me too much. And I think it starts mostly with the fact that I think the Bears are going to slow down this running game. I don't know if it's going to be like as shut down as it's been the last couple weeks, but the Bears have have done a good job, and I think they're going to continue to do a job, a good job there, and that's going to put pressure on Baker Mayfield, which is where I think the two turnovers come in, the two takeaways for the Bears defense. Now, all of a sudden, you get a little bit of an upgrade at quarterback, at least from last week when they still found a way to win. And yeah, I, I, I think they managed to win a close game. If the Bears get two takeaways, they win. No question about it. What was your score? 24-20? 24-20. Um, yeah, I'll say 24-17. to 17. Ooh. 24-17. to 17. I think the Bears defense keeps some of that mojo, too. So... And I think this team's going to be fired up to play for Justin, too. Yeah, there's some weird intangible dynamics you have to take into account here. Like, even if Fields doesn't play well, you're going to get some crazy plays by some of his teammates, I feel like. And you take... So, again, let's let's look at this. You shut down the Browns running game. You put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands. Now he doesn't have Jarvis Landry to throw the ball to, and you don't really know what OBJ is going to be because he's coming off the ACL first game back. Like, this is definitely one of those games where I'm like, why are the Browns favored by seven points? That was my, the point of my third like, question. It just, almost, it just, yeah. Almost to the point that, like, I, what it, like, this is one of those fishy lines where you're, like, what's wrong? Yeah. What are we missing here? All of a sudden, the Browns end up winning by 17. Like, I just I don't that know. That would be surprising, but that would be more disaster on defense, I think, than problems on offense. Yeah, maybe. All right. Um, well, there's the the Bears breakdown for you. Should we get to uh some of these other games? Let's do it. Just the tip there, Jim. Yeah, it wasn't enough. All right, CBS noon. Keep it in the NFC. 
north. The Ravens go to Detroit. The Lions, eight-point underdogs. They are failed to cover the last two weeks. (laughs) Now, I can safely pick the Ravens in my survivor pool. So I've picked against the Lions the last two weeks. I went 49ers, Packers. I think this is just going to be my strategy. At what point am I going to lose on this? Is it going to be this week with the Ravens? No way. Coming off their win over the Chiefs? No way. No way. Lamar Jackson's going to destroy the Detroit Lions. <laughs> well, it's good I have him on my fantasy team then, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to win by two touchdowns, the Ravens. Significantly better football team than the Lions. Like, just when you wanted to give the Lions some credit, like, I watched some of that primetime game against the Packers. Jared yeah. Goff is eight for eight. He's moving the ball well. He's even running the ball, right? And RPOs. Like, whoa. You know, or read options, whatever it was. Um, yeah. No, that good mojo's gone. Um, they're still the lines. They are who we thought they were. Ravens by two touchdowns in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, Ravens and look the Lions. The Lions are like getting credit for coming back against the 49ers, hanging around with the Packers. They haven't covered either game. They didn't cover seven and a half against the 49ers. They didn't cover eleven in Green Bay, and they're not gonna cover this one either. It's the Ravens. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. That's going to come back to bite me, isn't it? No. That's the facts. That's, that's 100% truth. Yeah. All right. Also, CBS noon Chargers at Chiefs. Man, these AFC West games are going to be fun. Yeah. The NFC West. Every All the teams out West are good. This is, uh, this is a good one. Chargers coming off there. Home loss to the Cowboys. Now they got to go to Kansas City, and uh, it's a tough test for Justin Herbert against Patrick Mahomes. Pretty good quarterback matchup there. Two young quarterbacks. Chiefs are favored by six. I like the Chargers covering. Chiefs games are always interesting. I don't. I, they're, they're having problems defensively again. Um, I mean, they can make big plays in defense, but teams are moving the ball against them. Um, Chiefs win. Chargers and Justin Herbert cover. Six points is a lot. Yeah, I like that pick. I think you know, I think the Chargers defense is going to be continue to be tough and was sort of underrated in that game. Um, you know, they did a. I don't know if the score necessarily showed it, but they did a pretty good job against that Cowboys offense, which is pretty good. So, yeah, I, I think six points with that defense is a little bit too much. So I'll agree with you there, and I will take uh, the Chargers to cover, but the Chiefs to win. I like to see him get his hands on more balls. All right, Fox, 325. This is a great game this week. The Buccaneers go to Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. They are at the Rams, and the Rams are a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Did they start this week favorite, I feel like? Ooh, I, I think don't this know. one may have swung. Wow. Um, NFC Championship preview? Maybe. Early, it's still early. It's week three, seventeen game season now. But um, I feel like this is a game where, like you, you like Tom Brady's throwing what ten touchdown passes in the first two weeks, like that's insane. Um, Aaron Donald gives him problems. It's, it's it strikes me as a game that the Rams defensive front will give the Buccaneers problems. You know, later in the year, Buccaneers beat them, but give me the Rams in this one, even covering the points. By the way, for those watching on YouTube, nice uh, golf tan you got going on there. Right there? Oh, you got yeah. your sleeves rolled up, <laughs> just showing off the, the whiteness. Yeah. It's 
the uh, I need to order up a size on you. The uh, Filipino bronze right here. Filipino bronze. All right. Uh, uh, I Who'd you pick? The Rams? The Rams. Sorry, my tan, my tan line <laughs> distracted me. threw you off. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Tom Brady until he proves me wrong, which will be never. So give me the box. I swear the Rams are favored to start this week. But uh, All right, I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going with... Tom Brady in the box. We won this game tonight. Adam Hall will be rhetorically dancing in the, with his verbiage. <laughs> Two outs. Here's Luke Voigt pinch batting. Also Fox, also 325. Seahawks at Vikings. The Vikings. This is an interesting spread to me. The Vikings are only a one and a half point underdog. Like I know the Seahawks are coming off that loss at home. To the Titans, but doesn't this surprise you a little bit? I feel like the, the Seahawks should be at least a three-point favorite, even on the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's a storyline: Do the Vikings suck? <laughs> like seriously? Yeah, I mean it's tough to gauge that game against <laughs> like, the Cardinals. Seriously, but you know what I mean. I know, but I get it. They lost in the missed field goal, but. They've had kicker problems for how long? Ever. Poor Mike Zimmer. I mean, he cannot find a kicker. No. Like they even get decent kickers, and then they just start sucking as soon as they get up to Minnesota. It's crazy. Um, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks here. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think Russell Wilson. And now I will say that offense in Seattle has been bad in the second half so the last two weeks. So I don't know if that's a problem or not, but. Um. Yeah, give me the Seahawks. This is just uh, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, I'm gonna lock that up, Seahawks. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, final game. All right, so two words: Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. Not two words. You, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> also, not two words. NBC Sunday night, seven twenty p.m. The Packers go to San Francisco. Technically, Santa Clara. The 49ers are a three and a half point favorite. I don't know why that line surprised me a little bit. Um, the 49ers are what they're two and zero. Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing too well, is he? He didn't play well last week. Their defense is good. Maybe the Packers cover. I don't know how to feel. I, I really have no feel for this game because, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he had his offensive explosion last week against the the Lions, but, you know, we'll see what Lamar Jackson does too because I think the Lions stink. But, I don't know, tough feel for this game. I, I think the, the, the 49ers win, but maybe the Packers can cover. Yeah, I actually have a strong feeling on this game. And I think the 49ers win easily. Okay. I... I have not been impressed with the Packers so far. Um, Rodgers did what he needed to do to beat a bad Lions team, but that game was close for too long. Their defense does not look good. Green Bay's defense. I mean, Kyle Shanahan should have a field day with that defense, even if it's Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. Uh, I think they got a nut. Now, they do have some issues with the running backs. They just keep dropping like flies in San Francisco. But um, there's also the factor of, Every time Green Bay goes to play the 49ers out west, they get killed. Like, they get True, yeah. demolished. 
Like that's been a thing for them in Green Bay. Going to San Francisco is not good for them. And this isn't, they've gone to San Francisco with good teams. And I don't know how good this Packers team is. That defense does not look good. I I still don't think Aaron Rodgers has enough weapons around him. He's still good. Devontae Adams is great. Aaron Jones is great. But like, I don't think Valdez Scantling had a catch the other day. MVS? I don't think he had a single catch or target. In that game, his the Packers receivers are too often a storyline, right? Like, yeah, well, I think being, being an outsider, right. I don't know. It's Devontae Adams or bust a lot, isn't it? Not? I think Rodgers kind of likes it that way, right? Yeah, true. He always likes a little, little bit of talk about how he doesn't have enough weapons, which apparently I just helped. Yeah, way to go. Bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to take the 49ers. I feel All right. pretty good about it. There you go. Well, there's your week three preview. Good stuff. I'm surprised we're both picking the Bears. We think the Bears win, and Justin Fields plays well. Yes. Well, I, I, I want to be careful with that. I'm not saying he's going to go out and... Three touchdowns. Know, is NFC player of the week. Playing I, 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 well. Yeah, Yeah. I, well, I just look at last week when he didn't play well. He still should have had two touchdowns. Like, I think this... This is going to be a guy where, like, even in Philadelphia right now, you look at, like, Jalen Hurts. He's, I don't know that Jalen Hurts is blowing anybody away, but he's finding the end zone. Like, he's a fantasy weapon. And that's the one thing I think that's going to be different about Justin Fields you usually can't say about Bears quarterbacks. I think he's going to be a fantasy weapon. He's just too talented and athletic. He's going to find the end zone. 2018, Mitch Trubisky was a fantasy weapon. There you go. And Fields is better than Mitch Trubisky. Now there's a take. It's a hot one for you. That's a that's a big one. <laughs> I think Adams had a good season. All right, ain't over yet, John. You, I mean, you have had a good season. You nailed the the pick last week. It's extremely difficult to do. Um, really good, Adam. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. We are the Adams. The Adams converge at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, our producers, Kent Garrison. And you can read us at NBCSportsChicago.com. Film review on Justin Fields is up there. Um, I've been getting criticized that it's too positive. I think I've pointed out the negatives plenty this week and some of the things that he did wrong. I just think that overall, there are, you got to think big picture with this stuff. The negatives are correctable. It's a problem when you're seeing ghosts you don't know what you're looking at. I really only saw one play that I was extremely disappointed that he didn't see two open guys. And that did happen in the end zone, and that does count. But otherwise, I think there's a lot of good from his decision-making to look at. So that's up there on NBCSportsChicago.com. Johnsy's coverage all up on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you can get the fish man too. Any final words? Nope. See you in Cleveland, my friend. Talk again soon. See ya. Justin Fields.